This is Showing All the Way, the podcast ministry of West Stanley Baptist Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. I am Pastor Warren Brown. Today we're going to be starting a new series I've entitled Lordship versus Lordship Salvation. Here recently I have been made aware that there um, is a controversy again about what Lordship Salvation is and whether it is uh, required for salvation or not. Uh, This is not a new argument. It's something that's been around for many years. And um, there have been lots of good men who have argued both sides. The, the biblical teaching on this, I believe, is a somewhat immediate teaching. In other words, in between the two extremes, as is most things. Uh, they're in between the two extremes. But before we get into this, and we'll take some uh, several podcasts on this, before we get into this, we need to probably explain some of the terminology. What does it mean by lordship? Well, the term lordship uh, comes from making Jesus your Lord. And that term Lord uh, has with it the idea of master. And that master means those who have made Jesus their master recognize that they are the bond slave, as the apostle Paul said, the bond slave of Jesus Christ. And what those of the Lordship salvation promote is that unless you are willing to become the bond slave of Jesus Christ, then you're not truly saved. Now that is Lordship salvation. Many, I don't believe, though, understand that um, what Lordship truly is. Uh, Many, for that matter, likely don't even understand what salvation is. If so, then we wouldn't see so many carnal Christians. But we, we do see a difference in the Bible between something called lordship and lordship salvation. I think there are two different things, and I think the Bible will prove this out as we study these things together. Uh, I believe that we can see that, yes, you can make Jesus Christ your Lord, but it does not always happen at salvation. It can happen at another event in your life or later on in your life when you recognize you need to. Now, you're not getting saved again. It's not an extra blessing. It's a a term of commitment. It's a, a real point of commitment. For example, God can be dealing with someone's heart about full time ministry, for example. And God can be drawing and drawing and drawing and guiding and teaching about full-time ministry. And the whole time he's doing that, someone can be uh, sensing, they, they know that God is leading him, them in that direction, and they are not submitting to that leading. They are um, hesitating, they are not doing it, they are they're not surrendering to that. Now, that would be someone who is saved because the Holy Spirit of God wouldn't be dealing with them if, uh, if they were not saved. But it is a point where they have truly not surrendered to lordship. 
In other words, they haven't surrendered to whatever God has called upon their life, be it ministry or be it obedience or be it whatever the case may be. They have truly not surrendered lordship over to Jesus Christ. Now, they may be saved, but they haven't surrendered lordship over to Christ. And so that's what we see, I think, in the Bible. That's, that's as I understand the Word of God. I see that a lot in the Word of God. So lordship meaning means surrendering uh, control, mastery, if you please, of your life over to Jesus Christ. Now, that does not mean you're perfect. But it means when God burdens your heart to do something, you do it. You don't argue with God. You don't uh, try to talk God out of it. But you truly surrender to God's leadership and God's mastery, God's lordship over your life. But I don't see that in the Bible as a requirement for salvation. So let's take a look at these things about the requirement for salvation. We can look throughout the Word of God. It starts really prior to repentance. It doesn't, they're not saved prior to repenting, but God dealing with them does. If you were to go back to Matthew chapter 16, you can look in verse 18 in that great account there where Jesus asked his men, who do men say that I am? And they said, you know, one thing or another, that great event there in Caesarea Philippi. And Jesus asked, who do men say that I am? Now, it was Peter, of course, the uh, self-appointed spokesman for the group who some have said has a foot-shaped mouth, but it was Peter who jumped right in uh, in that particular uh, statement. And he says in verse 16 of chapter Matthew 16, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. But notice what Jesus says in verse 17. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Now, with that statement, we see something very clear. This was not something that Peter himself came up with. Did it come out of Peter's mouth? Yes, it did. Did it come out of Peter's mind and heart? Yes, it did. But what was the impetus for Peter saying this is something that God did in his heart. Notice what he says there in Matthew 16, 17. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood, that would be Peter, has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Now, when Jesus references his Father, he's talking about the God the Father, through the Holy Spirit, convinced the Apostle Peter that Jesus is the Christ. So it is first, before salvation, it is first a working of God to draw one to that point where they need to repent. They know that they have sinned against a holy and righteous God, and they need to repent. 
Now, you can see this in several places uh, in the Word of God. Jesus says, unless you repent, you shall all likewise perish in Luke chapter 13. You can see all through the New Testament, it talks about Peter, talks about in Acts how, how you must repent. If you repent and be baptized, you shall be saved. You can see all through the New Testament that repentance is needed for salvation. You cannot give a mental assent that Jesus is the Christ. It says that in right there. This is flesh and blood. This, this thing about you, I made a commitment to Christ. Well, you don't make a commitment to Christ. God draws your heart and you surrender to Christ. That's what salvation is about. You surrender to the wooing, to the drawing of God the Holy Spirit. You cannot be saved unless you are first drawn. And unless God draws your heart, you cannot be saved. I know many personal uh, examples of that, but a biblical example of that would be in the book of Acts. A man by the name of um, Simon, uh, the magician, he had, uh, the Bible tells us in, in the book of Acts that um, when Philip was there in, in um, Samaria, he was preaching and teaching. And it says that there was one named Simon who was a, um, a leader in that community. It says he believed also. And when Peter came and John came and he laid hands on people and they received the Holy Spirit, it was Simon the magician who went to Peter and said, I want that. I want what you are doing for myself. And Simon the magician said, I'll pay you money. I'll give you money if you, if you give me this particular gift also, that whoever I lay hands on will receive the Holy Spirit. And Peter said to him, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have no neither part nor, nor portion in this matter. Your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this your wickedness, and pray, God, that perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. So what's going on here? Well, here's a man, Simon the Magician, Yes, he believed in his head some of the things that Philip had been preaching and that, that Peter had been doing. But in his heart, he had not been drawn to God. He had not surrendered his heart to God. He had surrendered his head, but not his heart. So here's someone who made a profession of faith, but they were not truly regenerated. They were not truly saved. They had made a mental decision, but they did not make a heart decision. Now, before you can make a heart decision, God has to draw your heart. I've run across people who said, listen, I'll get saved when I'm ready. No, you won't. No, you can't. Either you get saved when God draws your heart, or you never get saved. 
That's what the sin of uh, unforgivable sin of blasphemy is. God's drawing your heart and drawing your heart, and you keep saying, nope, nope, not going to do it, not going to do it. That's the sin of blasphemy, that unforgivable sin. God is drawing your heart. You see, you see the need to surrender your heart to Christ and to believe and to repent and believe those things that are true. But you deny him. You do not. You will not do that. That's the sin of blasphemy. You keep rejecting the wooing of the Holy Spirit. You keep rejecting the convicting of salvation, the need of salvation by the Holy Spirit of God. You continue to do that. And when you do that, you have blasphemed the Holy Spirit. You have said that this thing that God is doing in my heart is not right, is not true, is not of God, and I will have none of it. That's blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Of course, you're not going to get saved. You can't get saved if you keep rejecting the Holy Spirit's wooing, the Holy Spirit's drawing. You cannot be saved that way. You must be drawn you must first be drawn. It, the Bible tells us that. James 4, 8, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Uh, it says in, in John chapter 12, verse 32, I will draw all men to myself. There are false professions. Those who uh, made a profession and then they they never followed up. They never continued on. It talks about that in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 39. It talks about that in Matthew 15, 8, about those who have made a decision, but then they drew back. They didn't lose their salvation. The Bible's very clear. You cannot lose your salvation. So what happened? Well, they never were truly saved. They never were. Or because they may have made a mental ascent, but the, the Holy Spirit of God did not draw them. Or if the Holy Spirit of God was drawing them, they denied him and they rejected him. And then they thought sometime later, well, I'll, I'll just go back. Even though God's not drawing me now, I'll go back and I'll say the prayer and I'll be all right. That is absolutely not salvation. Unless God is drawing you, you cannot be saved. Listen, friend, that's why when you set in a church service or where you, when you read the word of God, or whether someone is telling you about the grace of God and in your heart, you're being drawn to that. That's why it is so serious that you recognize that is God drawing your heart. And if you continually harden your heart and continually harden your heart, there will come a point where God will not deal with you. Romans 1 tells us that. So before you can be saved, before you can even repent, God must draw you. So salvation is first and foremost a drawing of God. God's drawing you to himself. And then secondly, it is a repentance. What is repentance? Well, repentance is actually turning from your sin and actually turning to God to keep you from it. It is recognizing you're a sinful creature. 
and you must turn from that sin. There is no salvation unless God is drawing your heart and you recognize that you have sinned against a holy and righteous God, and you turn from your sin. You cannot say, God, I, I want to be saved, but I do not want to surrender my sin. That is not salvation. Unless you're willing to surrender your sin, you're, you're not repenting. Now, that's when the lordship thing comes in, into play. There are some that say, well, that, that is true lordship because you you turn away from every sin. Well, I wish that were so. I wish it were so. But I believe that the Bible teaches that you do turn away from the sin that you know has offended God. You turn away from that. But there are people in the Bible who made a profession of faith and that didn't completely turn from their sin. Just think about the Apostle Peter again. Look at Apostle Peter uh, back in Matthew chapter 16. Remember, it was Jesus who, who told him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hadn't revealed it to you, but my Father which is in heaven. We see there that, G, that, that Peter was regenerated. Peter was saved. But was Peter truly surrendered to the mastery of the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, no, he wasn't. Well, how do you know he wasn't? Well, um, there were times when Peter Peter did not surrender to the mastery of, of the Lord Jesus. What about the denials in Matthew chapter 26? Was he surrendered to Jesus during those denials? Of course not. Oh, what does the scripture say though? The scripture says if you if you deny if you deny him, he's going to deny you. So was he surrendering to the lordship of Christ there when he denied the Lord? No, not at all. But was he saved back in Matthew chapter 16? Absolutely. God drew his heart. He gave his heart to, to, to Jesus, his following Jesus, but he hadn't surrendered lordship over to him. So he denied he even knew the Lord. What about the, the Malchus's ear? What was, what was he doing there on the night in which Jesus was arrested. Peter was there. What did he do? He pulled out a sword and he tried to kill a man. All he could get was an ear, but he tried to kill a man. Now, is that something that those who are surrendered to lordship do? Do they try to kill people? For uh, I mean, that's what the that's what the Islamists do. We're not like that. That's not a, of our God. So no, Peter had not surrendered lordship of his life to Jesus Christ prior to Pentecost. Now, after Pentecost, the Holy Spirit's indwelling. You see a completely different man of Peter. Now, Peter rejoiced that he was beaten for Christ. You see that. And so after Pentecost, you see a different man in Peter. Peter had truly surrendered lordship over to Christ. Now, are there people who surrender a lordship to Christ upon salvation? Absolutely. You see the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul did. But the Apostle Paul was an exception. I don't think it's the rule. It's the, I don't see that in the Bible. Is that the rule? I mean, think about the Corinthian church. Uh, you know, Paul called them the saints of God. The Corinthians? Are you kidding me? The Corinthians are the saints of God? Well, that's what Paul called them. The saints 
Now, had they surrendered lordship uh, over to Christ? Certainly not. Paul would not have had to rebuke them. What about those that we must rebuke for sin? Have they surrendered the lordship? What about in, in, in 1 John chapter 5? What about the sin unto death? What is that for? Well, that sin unto death is, uh, is a carnal Christian who won't give up their sin. Christ doesn't kill those who are not his. So there is a difference between lordship and lordship salvation. You must be drawn, you must repent, you must believe. Now that's salvation, and we'll get into more of this uh, in the coming podcasts. Feel free to share what you've heard, and as always, may the Lord use this to draw you to himself.